If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290 mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Hey, welcome, my friends, to America's Healthcare Challenge. Back for another week talking to you about all of the news and healthcare and reporting on some of the important uh, stories and concepts that are out there in healthcare. And we've got another fantastic show lined up for you. If you wanted to catch our, our episode last week, make sure to check out the Facebook page, Facebook page, facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. And coming up this week, we've got part five of our ongoing benefit series, helping you uh, make the decisions that you need that, that are coming up here in the future. And we've got uh, a really uh, interesting show lined up for you as I'm looking at uh, the outline that we've got prepared. It's, it's going to be awesome. So let's take a moment to just get right down into it. Joining us here on the program is Stuart Sloan, president of SIG Consulting, a contributor here on the show. Stuart, how are you doing today? I'm great, Sean. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm really excited about this show, Stuart. It's uh, it's some stuff that uh, really has a lot of meat to it today. So uh, the listeners should uh, get comfortable and uh, and listen to some of the things we want to talk about. And I want to begin, Stuart, w- with an issue that we've talked about on the show before, uh, mainly uh, aging and the number of 10,000 individuals every day going on Medicare, something that's not really brought into the discussion uh, much uh, lately has been life expectancies and what other measurements uh, are there uh, with regards to that uh, because I think that has huge implications for the, the financial sustainability of Medicare. Uh, why don't we just begin there and uh, and I'm going to pose the first question, are we coming to the end of the line? Yeah, <clears throat> it's a very good question and, and many people feel that way. Uh, you know, life expectancy in the U.S. Is, since the 1960s has been getting larger and larger and larger and larger. Those uh, improvements have slowed really dramatically in the last couple of years, and, and many people are wondering, have we gotten to the end of the line, you know, the point that you just posed. Um, this steady decline uh, is caused by, you know, a lot of things, uh, you know, a decline in, in heart disease, uh, the battery of tests that are readily available to people, you know, some take as much as five hours to try and, and come up with, uh, you know, a, a disease if, if, it's, uh, if it's apparent. National trends in heart disease and stroke are, are still something to deal with. People have stopped smoking. They're taking drugs to control, you know, their blood pressure and cholesterol. But the greater cause of cardiovascular deaths is, is the epidemic we're dealing right now, which is obesity. Yes. It's a major problem. Uh, it affects rising blood pressure, cholesterol levels, the risk of diabetes. All those things put us at re- risk for heart disease and stroke. It gets much, much worse if left, you know, uh, untreated. And so the burden of obesity in this country by 2030 is expected 
that it, it would have cost us about $800 billion a year. That's a lot of money, Sean. Oh, That's man. a lot of people. Well, and it, it's coming as we have uh, fast food drive throughs go into two lanes now. doesn't look like it's going to be good in the future if we don't uh, change some behaviors there. It's true. It's true. Uh, right. People so, realize that the great gains that we made in the 20th century potentially are vulnerable to the kind of things that, that we're talking about now that go wrong. Obesity is a slow-moving epidemic. A lot of people don't have their eye on the ball when it comes to this. The possibility, uh, you know, to reduce uh, heart disease, eliminating smoking, controlling blood pressure and cholesterol. Uh, and also hearing tests are added to this list. Really? It's the next potential big ec- epidemic in this country leading to dementia. You know, memory loss can be hastened by failing hearing. Uh, and it can be caused by degenerative uh, neurons, as in the case of Alzheimer's. And it also can be triggered uh, what causes heart disease, you know, the clog and the hardening of the arteries. So really, all these things we're talking about really require the folks that are listening to us to don't, you know, don't, uh, you know, short themselves as far as treatment is concerned. If they see some of these signs, you know, go get it, you know, taken care of and looked at. Because it's going to be much better for them in the long term, and it's going to be a lot less, more cost-effective to catch these things on the, sure. on the beginning, right? In, in that first uh, segment here, Sean, also the birth rate mm-hmm. uh, has, has uh, slightly fallen, uh, you know, due to, uh, to deaths. Uh, the U.S. births declined, and the death rate rose last year. The first time in many, many years we've seen this. So p- the preliminary numbers that show that, million births in the U.S. uh, last year, that was down almost 3% from the prior years. And the data shows a sharp drop in births amongst teens is down 64% from their high point in 1991. But the U.S. death rate rose for the first time since 2005. This is a scary trend that we have to watch for uh, carefully. Some of this is attributed wow. to deaths from stroke and Alzheimer's disease uh, also contributed to this. Well, let's uh, boil that down for the listeners why this is so important. It's it, When you look at these programs like Medicare, they, they're financed by younger workers paying in through payroll taxes. And if we were, we're essentially having more people aging and, and dying and um, using care, I've heard a statistic that uh, on a Medicare beneficiary, the, the majority of that spending is done in the last year or two of their lives. Um, we, we don't know if we have enough people <laughs> that are going to be able to finance this thing in 20 years, do we? Yeah, good. <clears throat> That's a very good point. And again, we're focusing on folks that are under 65, you know, for this, for today's show. So, there's other things that uh, you know that are really shocking here. The rate of women who die during pregnancy or shortly after childbirth uh, has fallen sharply in in many of the countries. The U.S. unfortunately uh, is a glaring exception. We've had a a, a rise in that problem, hmm. and and some people attribute this to the ACA. Uh, you know where health insurance is available, but millions of people cannot afford the care that they need. And these, these uh, situations uh, occur when there's severe economic distress. So we're coming off the biggest you know, recession uh, in, in a half a century. The big, biggest killers during and after uh, you know, pregnancy 
uh, cardiac problems, uh, and also overdoses uh, involving uh, prescription, uh, you know, opioids and illegal drugs. That's that, affected, you know, the deaths here. Oh yeah, and that that's a that's a whole other topic for another program. Uh, that that issue you just identified, and you brought up the Affordable Care Act. Um, does that obviously the 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 goal of the law was to get more people access to, to health insurance and drive down the rate of uninsured. Uh, where are we with that? Well, that's a good point. On a net basis this year, we're at 8.6% uh, of folks uh, in, in our, you know, uh, 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 in the U.S. economy mm-hmm. that do not have health insurance. Um, that translates into 27.3 million uh, people who lacked medical insurance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with premiums continue to rise uh, until the number of enrollees change significantly with more young and healthy individuals signing up for coverage, you know, those numbers are not going to come down any farther than what they are. And I think you have to look at that 27.3 million people who lack health insurance. Mm-hmm. We started out before the, the ACA law was passed in 2010 with a potential audience of 32 million so I guess the real question here, to your point, Sean, is: Have we really made much progress? I I don't know if we have. Do you think we have? I don't think we've made very much. Yeah. You know, on a net basis this year, uh, nine point seven million people, uh, you know, have health insurance as a result of the of, of the ACA. That's on a net basis. So in other words, the figure was higher, was twelve million, but after those folks use the system, paid their premium, and they dropped out of the system, the net for the 2016 enrollment year for the, for the ACA was a net of, of, of you know, 9.7 uh, million people. So, again, you know, it begs the question, how much, uh, how much uh, advantage, you know, have we had from the law? And I think, um, obviously, 2017 is going to be a, a, a critical year. We'll find out pretty soon, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and we sounded like a, a broken record talking about that, but we've we've reported on this show many times about how 2017 is going to be a busy year. Let's um, move to the next uh, topic, which is uh, something that's really interesting, and I'd like to uh, commend uh, the university here. They're just about to open their uh, world-renowned cancer center. It's going to be called the Fred and Pamela Buffett Cancer Center just down the street and um, let's take a look at that issue because that's something that is affecting every single person listening to the audience either uh, them personally or they might know somebody uh, how are we with cancer spending and outcomes right now well it's it's a very important topic area uh, cancer mortality rate was slightly lower uh, than in than in other countries uh, amongst cancer, uh, lung cancer is the largest contributor to disease for both men and women. The United States spent $124 billion to treat cancer last year. And this accounted for about 7% of the nation's disease-based health expenses. And, and cancer medications uh, were among the top three specialty drug spending last year behind medications for inflammatory uh, conditions and multiple sclerosis. And there's varying types of cancers that, that folks, uh, you know, are aware of either uh, themselves or family members. Uh, female breast cancer is, is the, the top one. Prostate, uh, lung and bronchus, colon and rectum, 
corpus and uterus, melanomas of the skin, urinary bladder, non-Hodgkin lymphoma, kidney and renal uh, pelvis, and also thyroid cancers. So this year, it's estimated that 1.6 million people uh, will be newly diagnosed in the U.S. as having cancer. And about 600,000 people will die from this disease this year. Wow. Wow. Has there been much progress over the last 10 years? Well, there has been. You know, uh, we've been somewhat successful in getting people to stop smoking uh, and, and, and try other preventive and wellness, you know, programs to try and rid their cancer or get treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but cancer, the number of people living beyond a cancer diagnosis reached nearly 14.5 million people last year, and this is expected to rise almost to 19 million by 2024. Approximately 39.6% of men and women will be diagnosed with cancer at some point during their lifetimes. Wow, interesting stuff. Um, any other th- uh, topic uh, things on this topic, Stuart? Because I want to keep us on schedule. We're yeah. up against the timeout. Uh, j- just a final thought here: mm-hmm. uh, national expenditures for cancer care in the in the in the United States totaled nearly 125 billion last year, and this could reach 156 billion by 2020. So here we are, you know, coming uh, towards the last quarter of, of 2016. That's not a big stretch, Sean. And yet, look at the expenses here. Well, and the the point that you brought up, Stuart, that caught my attention was um, how it's been specialty, or how they're, they're, uh, those drugs, uh, they're related to the specialty drugs, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, and how uh, expensive that is coming just off of uh, what we've been visiting about and reporting on this show recently yeah. uh, with rising uh, specialty drug costs. So mm-hmm. let's take a time out here on America's Healthcare Challenge. 402-342-1290. We're talking about, uh, we're focusing on individuals under 65 this week, but we're looking at some really big picture issues. We've been looking at life expectancy and cancer spending this segment. Coming up next segment, we're going to be looking at some stuff that's really important that you need to be aware of, hidden plan exclusions. Stuart is an expert on, on that issue, and, and uh, it's going to be something that uh, is important for you to know because it could affect that thing that's in your back pocket, uh, yeah, your wallet. Uh, healthcare costs are going up, and uh, we're going to report on mental health care costs as well coming up here on the show. 402-342-1290 is the number again, and my name is Sean McGuire, and I will be right back with Stuart Sonnen.